You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is a podcast from ComediansComedian.com. This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello there and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith and this is Eleanor Tiernan. She's a superb comic from Ireland that I first worked with in Dublin maybe five or six years ago. And her show was on the Free Fringe at Edinburgh this year, one of the many Free Fringes. And uh, it was entitled Help the Frigid. Uh, It was one of my absolute favourites. So is she. This is Eleanor Tiernan. Yeah, I really love talking about comedy. I don't get to have enough conversations about it. And an hour is, I think, is a good length of time to talk yeah. about comedy. Why is, yeah. why is that? Why don't you get to have many conversations about it? Um, well, my friends aren't as interested or knowledgeable uh, about okay. it. As, do, you not, uh, do you have friends in comedy? In uh, du- I have loads Dublin, of, right? yeah, I live in Dublin. I have loads of friends in comedy, uh, but we just uh, don't, uh, I suppose, gig together that often. You know, yeah. some people are doing day jobs. Uh, and uh, yeah, I suppose we're. You get to a stage when you're doing gigs where you're traveling with uh, maybe newer comedians or um, on your own to gigs, uh, and it's those journeys actually that are brilliant. I yes. find for uh, yeah. We've started, haven't we? Yeah, we have yeah, started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, she's yeah. caught on. We've started. Yeah. No, we definitely have started. Cool. But um, so. That's interesting because I don't know a huge amount about you or where you're from or what the scene is like in Dublin. I've been, I've gigged at the Laughter Lounge a few times. Yeah. I, I like, I love Dublin, love gigging there. But is it, uh, is it big enough? Is Ireland big enough to support comics who purely work in Ireland? Occasionally, um, there's the odd comic that can um, uh, say there's. Looking at the scene, uh, there's Tommy Tiernan who mm. uh, um, who do, he doesn't tend to do so much work outside. Or he, he's the one that does the most work in Ireland gotcha. uh, and has a very big fan base. Uh, about ten, there's about ten comics I think that can survive doing okay. just stand up, and then the rest of us uh, do uh, bits of writing and television, uh, acting in things as well. Okay, you know. Okay, yeah. and you're um, so. Does that mean that you're not on the same sort of circuit that you'd get over in the UK, for example? Obviously, I mean, have you, have you, mm. you've how many times you've been over to the UK? You, have I only ever seen you in? I, I think I've seen you every time I've come to the UK. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So I, I think okay. you're always here all the time. Very cosmopolitan. Yeah, uh, and I, uh, I suppose. Uh, what was the question? Again? I'm just trying to get a sense of what the circuit is like in Dublin and whether because yeah. we started from this point of view, it'd be nice. You like it when you talk about comedy. And I sort of feel like, obviously, now when I do this, I talk about comedy to everyone all the time. Yeah. But there's a lot more car journeys with other comics, maybe, in my life than in yours. Yes, absolutely, yeah. I suppose the the gig circuit is, is a little bit weak in Ireland. Uh, there's okay. maybe uh, there's five big towns in Ireland, uh, Dublin, Cork, Limerick, Galway and Belfast. And um, uh, you can't gig there, you know, in those clubs as yeah. often as you'd like, yeah. uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and then there's gigs around Dublin, but yeah, you end up doing an awful lot for free, you know, particularly when you're trying to get ready for Edinburgh or something like Edinburgh, yeah. uh, you know, you end up, uh, it's it's a struggle to get the gigs mm. that you need to do. This, it reminds me of, uh, I did yeah. a bunch of podcasts in Australia when I was there in 2013, oh, yeah. and a lot of the people, uh, a lot of the comics I spoke to there had a similar, it seemed similar in terms of like, I'm a comic, I'm working, the only time I can make money is if I go to a festival and have a successful show every day for a month. Yeah. Because that's a way to actually support myself. Because in terms of a circuit, it's much harder to 
to put it all together to fill in the gaps. So you've got a full diary and you go, yes, this is me. So I spoke to a lot of comics out there who were very successful, high functioning comics who nonetheless also had secondary jobs and yeah. you know, other, other bits and bobs. Yeah, and, and I suppose their car journeys must be massive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, much longer. Yeah. Fewer chats, but much, much longer ones. Yeah. Um, so tell me then about how you started comedy, how you got into it. Yeah, I was um, uh, I was uh, actually interested in getting into acting uh, and I uh, started auditioning for acting schools in uh, the UK and in Ireland. Uh, and part of that process was to do comedy improv. Uh, part which, of the audition process? Uh, yeah, the audition. Oh, know, where I kept getting asked to do, to do that? that. Loads of places. Uh, Acton, um, I did the poor school, uh, an audition for oh, the yeah, poor okay. school yeah. in uh, King's Cross. Uh, Oxford, there's a there's a there's quite a nice school out there. Oh, yes. Uh, the... Yes, it's it might be called like the Oxford Drama School or something. Some, but it's not yeah. in Oxford, is it? It's, like it's a, in a quite farm a long bus or something. Ride away like, from Oxford, I remember. Yeah, yeah I think I auditioned, auditioned for that, that myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, th- I kept being asked to do comedy improv uh, okay. for the auditions, and I I didn't know or not comedy it was improv, uh, yeah. but I I didn't uh, know uh, I was I'd never done that before. So I uh, uh, just signed up with a group in Dublin to maybe help uh, you know me get better at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, a lot of the people who were doing comedy improv at the time were also doing stand up. So it was more of a social connection. I ended up go- kind of going to their gigs to support them. Okay, and then eventually um, going. I- Give me a go. Uh, okay, go on. Let, yeah. let's focus on that. Why, why give me a go? Because you wanted to be up there or you thought you could do it better? Or I what's... thought I could do it better. No, I love yeah. it. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah definitely. Okay. And, yeah. and so what was the... Um, were you scared when you first did it? Did you think... I mean, so, so people come to comedy in lots and lots of different ways. And I suppose if you're coming to it from the point of view of being a performer already, being an actress... Yeah. Were, were you an actress or were you kind of a wannabe actress? What wannabe. Was the, I, I'd done you? bits uh, bits in, in amateur plays, but I haven't okay. done any, any professional work at that stage. Uh, I actually did a course. I did a stand-up comedy course. Uh, and loads of comedians I know rubbish courses and say, you yeah. know, you can't learn... Comedy can't be taught. But actually, it really... It was... Um, it was how I kind of got over my nerves to mm-hmm. to to do comedy because you're with other people, you're preparing some material, yes. you get to try it out in some way before there, you do it on stage. That must be really valuable, actually. That aspect, yeah, I wouldn't say you can teach comedy. You can't teach somebody to be funny, but you can kind of. It's like a prepared kind of closeted environment where sure. somebody who is really nervous. And who might be funny anyway. Yes, but yeah. But they're not going to find out unless they're sufficiently kind of couched and, and well, not couched really, but protected and told this is reasonable. We yes. can all do this. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the self-doubt, you know, obviously it's huge at that stage. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so, yeah, that was, uh, it served that function for me. Okay. Um, but it might be useful for other people. And did you, know? you tell me about the course you did? What, how, how long did it last for? How many sort of sessions were there? What sort of function did it take? I've, no, I've never yeah. done one. I've taught a few. But really? I've never done, well, only for, um, I say only, but I, I've, I have a friend who directs a theatre school uh, in uh, London and he occasionally gets me in to do like one day a year with yeah. their students. And there's all these students who are just desperate, like, I don't want to do it. I hate it. I don't like um, you know, but he's forcing them to wow. by putting a gig on for them. He says, right, in two weeks, you're doing a comedy night. So do you want to come to this workshop with a comedian? They'll go, oh, God, yes, OK, then. And uh, and so, yeah, I've, I've kind of done some loose mm. exercises, many of them cribbed from Oliver Double's brilliant book about, how, oh, to, yeah, about yeah. how to do stuff like that and then kind of improvised as I go. But um, having never been on the receiving end of that, what what was that like for you? What sorts of things were you doing? It was very informal. uh, um, And uh, as you say, I don't know that there's a kind of a a right way or a a wrong way to do it now. It just, uh, we just came in with our ideas, you know, and told them to one another and, you know, verbalised them uh, and made suggestions, you know, whether, you know, about what we might uh, do. There was four in the group and one guy kind of leading it. We did it for three hours every Saturday for six weeks and then the 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 last it was a gig we were working towards, okay. uh, and the gig was the first round of a comedy competition. Okay, yeah. oh that's nice. So it was like flash dance or something like yeah. that. <laughs> that kind of thing okay. we were working towards. Did any yeah. of, did anyone else? Did any of your other three go on to become comics? One of them is coming to Edinburgh to stay with me today. Actually, Amazing. yeah, he's he's not doing a show this year, but he's he's still at it. Garrod Farrelly. Oh yeah, um, I know him. I was chatting to him recently. He interviewed me for a. For a radio show. Yeah, he's got a podcast. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah for, a, for a podcast he's that he's doing. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. lovely guy, yeah. Yeah, he's great uh, and a uh, great comic. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think it's just the two of us. Yeah, there was a Finnish girl and uh, another girl from Limerick that has, hasn't continued. Okay. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was... 
it, uh, yeah, it, it was excellent, actually. Yeah, you know, once once nobody tried to tell me what was funny, you know, because mm. I don't think, uh, you know, I think people are right about that. Yes, I think people who haven't done courses probably have a preconception about courses that it's someone telling you what you've got to be like. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think maybe some courses are like that. Yeah. So your first gig, do you regard that as your first gig, the one from the course? I do, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the, the first round of that competition, uh, um, and uh, it was in a pub. I invited everybody I knew. To oh, it, brave. You must have been feeling confident. Oh, I was totally deluded about my <laughs> <laughs> uh, abilities, uh, and uh, they all came. And uh, I came, I think I came third in the, in the competition of eight that night, mm. uh, and uh, I ended up getting to the final of it. But it was purely out of, uh, I think, probably uh, likability uh, and likability in terms of, God, this girl is, you know, so uh, vulnerable and nervous, you know, that, okay. uh, yeah, that, that, that pe- maybe that appealed to people. And was um, that all real, that vulnerability? Yeah, and absolutely. That was all, you were just channeling what was going on. You were just being yourself. Yes. Yeah. And it became actually um, uh, a kind of, a, it, 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 it followed me for years, like, and I still kind of. Uh, struggle. Not, I wouldn't say struggle now, but um, debate that all the time in my mind. Is am I nervous or am I just affecting nervousness? Okay. On okay. Stage? Yes, because it's funny actually. When I saw your show, which I thought was brilliant, by the way, the, Thank uh, you. "Help the Frigid," tremendous title. Okay. Um, <laughs> when I saw your show, I was struck by how mature the material was and how you were pulling loads and loads of things out of a subject, loads of kind of curveball punchlines, compared to how it looked a little bit like you were sort of winging it. Oh, yeah, Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, your, yeah. your persona is very much like, it, it, sort of here it is, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, well, that, that I've all, like, my first, I suppose, few years doing stand-up, I, uh, I had this, uh, I suppose, it's a nervous tick, you know, of kind of um, holding back, uh, you know, like taking an extra second maybe about delivering or stumbling over a word or something like that. And uh, I uh, began to I, I suppose I had conversations with people and uh, I began to realize that it wasn't so much an artistic choice I was pretending to myself it was an artistic choice but really it was because I was really nervous okay. about what I was okay. doing and then yeah. I kind of said well no I'm going to try not to do that I'm going to try and be certain about what sure. I'm saying so what I'm trying to do now is is be certain but yes the nerves are still there and I'm still, yes. you know, and presumably dealing with if them that all was, the time. That was part of the crucible that formed you as a comic. Is there, there, I mean, is there a, a sense by which you kind of go, well, my funniest self is a nervous girl? Um, no, I don't think it is. I, th- okay. I, th- I, th- I think it's, it's it, I'm trying to do stand-up in spite of it all. Okay. You know, I'm trying to get over it all and be the, um, the I suppose, the, uh, the certain person, you know, yes. on stage. Um, but... Uh, um, yeah, it's getting in the way, but I, I'm, I'm, I think it's a braver choice yes. to try and uh, not, not, not turn it into something else. To try sure, and just do it sure. uh, with it, you know, and yeah. hopefully the there's something the though, best I, thing will, uh, I suppose, the um, a, a solid thing will emerge. Yes, from it. <laughs> yes, but then there's, but the thing is, it's. I suppose what I'm talking about is not really sort of nervousness or kind of diffidence on your part. It's more, it's it's kind of the way you're talking to me now. Your face is just so kind of alight, uh, sorry, alive and kind of light and curious. Like you've really got, and don't take this the wrong way, you've got a really good natural clown. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah I really yeah. think you do because you're yeah. you're just kind of like, here I am and you're sort of curious and excited and stuff like that. And I think that kind of bubbles underneath the stuff that you do, great. Oh, that's yeah, and I, so yeah, so I would. Uh, I think you'd need to be. I'd need to be careful about saying, "Oh, you look nervous on stage." That's sort of not what I mean. I meant you had this kind of frothy thing whereby you're doing proper, incisive, mature stand-up, whilst at the same time seeming like you're kind of. I don't know. There's a sort of an innocence or a naivety to you that's really appealing. Oh, great. On stage, you know what I mean? That's like. Oh, it's it's like this, and then and then when you say something cutting, which you frequently do, there's a lovely joke. I mean, a woman yeah. next to me snorted. Um, you, um, I can't remember what the line was, but you're talking about, a, I think maybe a spiritual advisor. Like you've never met a spiritual advisor that didn't turn out to be a cunt. Was that? I mean, you <laughs> yeah, know the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know a girl that has a master's in spirituality, yeah. but she's still a cunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that was such a killer line because it comes. It's such a curveball to the you that we're. 
I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's difficult to kind of pull it all together. Uh, and I, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Uh, that there is a kind of a, that solid thing is is uh, just this kind of really certain dismissive mm. person. Uh, who is you know is probably writing a lot of writing a lot of the stuff, but the person who's presenting it yeah. <laughs> seems a little bit more unsure. So that's interesting. So that came from a. So you had a lot of problems with nerves in those early gigs. Just yeah. on, a, on the note of material, do you remember any of your material from that first gig? Yeah, do you remember I your did. Opener? I've, yeah. just got, I've just recently on the podcast got into asking people what their first ever opening line was. I'd love to know. I had a seven minute bit about, um, uh, it was about how, and I did it in, in So You Think You're Funny, actually. Um, I, it was about how I was uh, a normal person. And it was, it was, I suppose it was semi a character, but uh, how I had went uh, went on and represented Ireland in the normal Olympics, <laughs> and the Special Olympics had been just on in Ireland yeah. in the previous year. Yeah. So I, uh, the, 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 I, I basically gave out about the Special Olympics for yeah. taking attention away from the normal Olympics. For it's lovely. Yeah, yeah. So I, I talked about what that was. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. And how for yeah. how long did you hold on to that bit of material as you were? About um, about a year, and okay. then I realised I had to. It, it didn't work in sets that were any longer than seven minutes. Okay. Uh, and when I started to add on other jokes, it didn't. It, it didn't work because it it was too much of a character. Uh, yes, I understand. Um, so I was moving into something different. So eventually, I started. I started getting asked to do twenty minutes, and I was dying. Uh, okay. because it just didn't make sense uh, or it was like two separate gigs one one starting and being seven minutes and then the second 13 minutes being okay. a totally different comedian so uh, you're um you're the 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 journey of you doing i hate the word journey sorry but the the path of you kind of it's not better especially if i've heard the word yeah, path isn't any path. better if you're yeah. just using it instead. um but the competition that you did at the end of your course mm. was that so you think you're funny was that did that feed into that was it a, a no they were separate thing? no there was a, a comedy festival in Dublin at the time that was running this competition for new stand-ups gotcha. similar thing though very you know kind of the okay. same yeah okay and how did you what was your experience of the competitions did you find them helpful unpleasant what did it what was what was your kind of I mean I know when a lot of people start they kind of go right the competitions I've got to win Laughing Horse I've got to get to the finals of BBC or, you know I would did... have been ambitious in that way the same, in the same way as other people yeah mm. um, and then just was unsuccessful and just said then competitions don't matter yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll play the long game you know uh, uh, which yeah, I suppose you do anyway you know you can yes. have to there is only a long game isn't there yeah, yeah. yeah. so you are in a situation where you're starting to get booked for 20s. Yes. And you're using that stuff that you were using before and having to get rid of it. So are you having a kind of crisis at this point going, oh, Jesus, seven of this doesn't work anymore? Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So I had to write a whole new new 20. And, you know, I suppose uh, it, 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 was, it was weaker than the first seven, you know, and struggled with that for ages. But, you know, uh, people were patient with me. And uh, um, I've had loads of crisis, you know, over the over the. 10 years I've been doing it, you know, where uh, material hasn't been working and, you know, I've kind of haven't known why uh, and it'll take me ages to, to figure it out. Um, Do you, yeah. I mean, it must be, is that frustrating that that process takes longer because you can't gig five times a week? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm probably, I, I, I'm probably more willing than most maybe to I'll do a free gig. I just have to mm. uh, uh, do it to, to get up to get up there and be gigging, you know, um, uh, because uh, you can't. I don't think I can afford to let money stand in the way uh, of uh, just the development of mm. what you're doing. Mm. Uh, so yeah, no, I will. I will go and gig whatever it takes. So uh, let's let's talk about that development then. How would you say your? What are the key differences in what you're doing now? to what you were doing in your first few years of your career? Um, I, it, it's, there's more of a flow to what I'm doing now in terms of uh, the, uh, the set. Um, is, uh, you can take less of it out and, as a joke, you know, and isolate it as a joke. I okay. Think. Um, uh, and because it's more, because it's longer bits and yeah, sort of it's things, more long form. And stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, yeah, I would have. I would have had times. Uh, I definitely had a time about two years ago, uh, where I wasn't um, 
stuff wasn't working. I was writing good jokes, but um, it wasn't working. And eventually I just said, well, if I'm going to die on my arse, I'm going to die saying what I want to say. Uh, and, uh, you know, that uh, that was great, actually. That was really... Uh, because I feel now that uh, I do... Um, the things I'm saying, uh, I kind of stand over. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's it's that's a nice feeling to have. So are you... Stuff. Can you give us an example of, of for people that haven't seen you and sure. listen to this all over the place? Um, uh, can you give us an example of like your favourite bit? What's your favourite bit from your new show? What do you get the most pleasure from doing or saying in, in your latest show? Yeah, I have a bit at the moment uh, and it's... Uh, it's um, uh, I'm doing a bit about Mrs Brown's Boys... Oh yeah, in my yeah. show, uh, and uh, I've been working on this since I suppose since uh, the bit is about Nelson Mandela um, when he passed away last uh, the end of last year, and uh, the fans of Mrs Brown's Boys actually ended up uh, eight hundred and fifty of them wrote to the BBC to complain that their program had been interrupted, uh, and uh, I uh, uh, made up a letter um, that people that you know I suppose based on what the tweets were about the time uh, yeah. and that. Um, but uh, I suppose it kind of feels, um, uh, it feels good It feels good to do it. But I also, um, now in the show, what I do is uh, I uh, actually make an argument about why they were right to uh, write the letters. Uh, and uh, one of the things I'm kind of frustrated with, uh, with uh, in England and Ireland and Scotland is the way the, the liberal media uh, will often just take a tone of dismissiveness towards people who aren't maybe, don't have the same value system mm-hmm. as they do. Uh, and uh, I, I like, even, even, uh, even though I hate Mrs Brown's boys uh, as a thing, uh, I, I like standing up for the fans of Mrs Brown's boys, you know, against... The, the I suppose the the big media yes okay people. so that's um, something I okay. get a kick out of and that's it's morally complex enough to for me to I, yes. I love things that are kind of that's not great. easy yes you know, yes that have to be teased out definitely there was some stuff you did about Chris Brown. Yes, as well. Can you tell true. us about that, about sort of explore what, what that premise is and where that came from? Yeah, I do this um, joke about how um, uh, Chris Brown came to Dublin and uh, he got a lot of tr- he got a lot of criticism from people because he didn't seem to understand that Ireland was not part of the UK. Mm-hmm. And people were, I, I thought it was really stupid that people got annoyed with Chris Brown for that reason. Yes. You know, if you want to get, uh, uh, you know, there are other reasons why you might get, you know, get angry with Chris Brown. And, sure. you know, nationalism is such a frustrating kind of, uh, concept, you know, yeah. the way some people just take it, uh, you know, and use it to to bash people uh, with. But um, uh, it seemed like there was this kind of um, uh, uh, I was I was trying to figure out reasons that you might boo Chris Brown, uh, you know, and you know, wh- wh- him knowing where Dublin is. That I don't I didn't think that was a good reason. You might shout at him because of his past with Rihanna, mm-hmm. either uh, or his music. Like that would be <laughs> that's all another reason why you might take issue yeah. with him. So yeah, the, the, I love messing around with kind of really kind of uh, uh, murky stuff, yes. mur- mur- murky yeah. moral stuff it, like that. And yeah. that's, that, I mean, it's great. I really enjoyed both of those bits, and I, I think it's interesting that you that you kind of your eyes sort of lit up there when you talk about. Oh, I love the the moral ambiguity kind of stuff, moral com- moral complexity. And it's always those big things that are are the I don't know, that's that's really what's so attractive. Uh, and but they don't always work as well. It's because they're difficult. So how do you how do you cope when they don't work? How do you cope as a performer and as a person? When something like that isn't working on stage, I just, um, uh, I just, it just gets easier. I just try not to be, just to hold that. You know, you, you tried it and it didn't work. You know, um, can you uh, think that to yourself on stage when it's when it's not working? Can part of you go, no, this is fine, keep going? You just try not to do it because there's easy things you can do. You can go, oh, that didn't work, you know, uh, and the crowd will, will laugh. That's you know, a new and, bit. I'm yeah, not doing that again. I know, yeah, 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 yeah but. Um, uh, I suppose that that's even disappointing for the audience too, though, to kind of take that that out. You know, you tried it and it didn't work, and you know that's. Um, I yeah, I don't have an answer really. I don't know what what to do about that really. Um, uh, do you do you care whether or not they like you? Um, I do, but um, I'm. Uh, I do. I do care. 
Um, but um, there is, I, I mean, I would find certain comedians that, um, uh, you know, work very hard and, and do it in, in an easy way, um, in a needy way. If I get a sense of neediness mm. off the performer, then I immediately switch off mm-hmm. them. So uh, I would try not to appear needy. Mm. I know I, I like comedians that don't, um, uh, that, you know, I suppose don't say what I want to hear or don't confirm all my beliefs yes. to me. Eleanor Tiernan then. Great conversation here with a really great act. Do look her up on YouTube. Uh, she's got a superb routine called We Need to Talk About Ireland, uh, as well as loads of other great club stuff. Uh, apologies for my bunged up uh, voice and nose at the moment. Sorry about that. Can't be much fun to listen to. Uh, I'll keep this brief. Uh, we've had an email from a listener, David Horner, in, I'm going to go with Hoboken. It might be Hoboken, possibly. That's a bit Haddocken, don't know. Um, Hoboken sounds like somewhere amazing in America. Uh, or possibly Canada. I think it's America. Uh, David says, thanks for all the great insight into comedy and the human mind. One thing that strikes me about comedy and the challenges to income is that it's so very difficult to buy comedy. There's little scope outside of the mainstream comics on iTunes or Audible, and without sites, he says, like Go Faster Stripe, it would be impossible to get hold of material from the likes of, e.g., Dan Antopolsky. Uh, Even Go Faster Stripe has its issues with reaching a global market, with only having a few downloads and most of it on DVD. In a nutshell, he says, comedians need to make it easier for punters around the world to drop 10 bucks on them. Thank you, David. Thanks for your donation as well. Um, I think that's a good point. I, I certainly feel that I'm, I, I and other comics of my ilk are kind of stuck in a cycle of doing Edinburgh and then hoping to tour that show and then clinging on to that show if we don't tour it in the hope that one day we can do it or bits of it on TV. Is it better to just get the stuff out there? And if it is, is it better to put it out there for free or is it better to try and charge money for it? What are the... what? I suppose what you want ultimately is as many people to hear it as possible. But obviously you've put all of this work into something that often at the festival has cost you money to uh, to perform. You do sort of find yourself thinking, wouldn't it be great if I could put a show on Bandcamp and charge three quid for it? Would anyone pay for it? Would that happen? Is it better to give it away and turn those people into fans? Let me know your thoughts from the perspective of an act or indeed of a, a punter, a comedy consumer. And, uh, and we'll talk about it in future shows. You too can donate by clicking on the PayPal button at comedianscomedian.com and you can decide how much to send to support the show. £5, £10, £20 or the gold standard of donations, which is, of course, a pound a show. It's not a fee. You're under no obligation. And I want you to listen to these shows first and foremost, as we were just saying. But if you can afford to donate, you pay for the people who can't. And they'll never know that you donated on their behalves. But you'll know in your heart you're the comedy equivalent of Batman. So more live news now before we go back in. Uh, Alexis Dubas is putting on a Hidden Gems of Edinburgh Fringe Festival in Brixton. Uh, from October the 20th to the 23rd. Now, I don't have ticket links or information for that. I would imagine if you go to his Facebook page, Alexis Dubus, D-U-B-U-S, um, you will be able to find all sorts of information there. Or Google, I mean, uh, he's capitalised Hidden Gems of Edinburgh Fringe, so it might be that that is uh, Googleable with the word Brixton. I'm not sure, but so far he's got Matt Ewins, who you know that I love, uh, Will Hodgson, brilliant Will Hodgson, doing his show on British Hangmen, which I didn't get to see in Edinburgh. Um, a show Alexis told me about called What the Fuck is this which sounds incredible now i want to say that's richard tyrone jones but i'm not completely 100 percent sure it's him so forgive me if i'm miscrediting that but it sounds bananas uh monkey poet and rob orton's face show which is a performance poetry slash comedy i guess um and i've not seen rob orton or indeed monkey poet um so uh i will try and get myself along there to that the the hidden gems of Edinburgh Fringe Festival in Brixton between the uh, 20th and 23rd of October. Thank you, finally, to Danny Davies for putting on the Tom Stade live ComCom show earlier this week uh, and to everyone that came along. It was an absolute blinder uh, from the minute Tom first opened his mouth. It was, it was just superb, and that's going to come out next week. Now, though, let's get back to Eleanor Tiernan. <laughs> Who were your sort of inspirations in the world of comedy? Were you, were you into... Did you... Were you into stand-ups before you went on the course and no, you know, were interacting, or is there something you discovered through? Stuart Lee, I think, is is a great example of mm. of that. You know, somebody who, um, like, I'm sure Stuart must care whether he's liked or not. You mm. know, but you know, he doesn't. Uh, he has, uh, I suppose, 
created this persona that um, is uh, like he would be popular in school I think Stuart Lee that's interesting wouldn't he yeah, do you think? Yeah, I mean, certainly he was very arch when he first started and you can see videos of him online looking incredibly young, yeah. um, as everyone, it was a long time ago, but uh, yeah. but looking kind of young and sort of achingly hip. I know, And you yeah, sort of go, yeah. yeah, you must have, like, maybe if he wasn't popular in school, maybe he, uh, maybe he owned that and was like, well, I don't need you. Do yeah, you know what I mean? You get yeah, that, that yeah. sort of thing. Certainly they had the confidence, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Owning it is a good way of of uh, of kind of capturing it. I think. No, he's given himself the freedom. I think. Um, uh, but I suppose I suppose some com- comedians' personas vary from um, like the cheerful children's television presenter type to somebody who is like you know Andrew Lawrence. You know, is mm. you know you know quite quite dark. You know, and you know doesn't say kind of crowd pleasing things. Mm. Uh, uh, and you can like all of them, you know. You can like all of these people. Mm. Um, and they all care about being liked, I think. You know? So you're... It's funny, actually. You you were on... You did Headwreckers? Yes. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I had a little Google of you. Now, I, wow. all I, I've not seen Headwreckers. All I know about it was Dave McSavage in that. Yeah. Because I know Dave from the olden days. From of the course, days. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and uh, he came up recently in a, a, a podcast I did with Phil Kay because the yeah. two of them, there was a period where they were kind of hanging out and they, I don't think they were sleeping rough. They certainly looked like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, but he's someone that I really think of in that kind of provocative, not caring if anyone likes Actually, him. Actually, yeah, yeah. He's an excellent example uh, of somebody uh, and uh, that uh, doesn't, you know, doesn't say things to kind of uh, please the crowd. And it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because you do think, what are you? I always used to. Th- he was so electrifying to watch, and I saw him far more as a stand as a as a street performer than I ever did as a stand up. He was so provocative and so original and so rude. I remember one of his gags used to be at Hunter Square here at the, yeah. the festival. He, uh, you know, a bus would go past, and he'd get his whole crowd to wave wave at the people on the bus, and he'd see when the lights were changing, and as the bus drove away, he'd go, "Now give him the finger, give him the yeah. finger," and get like two hundred <laughs> people to give the finger to the bus. Yeah, and. Uh, and I, I've always thought that was a really interesting interplay between pissing people off and making people happy. I know, yeah, yeah. But I think, like, I, I, because we're comedians, I'm kind of talking about it in terms of maybe quite a meta level. But uh, uh, people like it when you're mean to them as well. You know, I don't think you're necessarily putting audiences off by being an asshole. Yeah, right. You know, they just want you, as you say, you were to own it. If you own what you're doing, I think people yeah. will, will go a long and way. You, and you have to own it and it has to be, they have to buy it as well because. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I think we've all probably seen newer comics experiment with being provocative and the audience is going, we don't believe you. Yeah, we don't, I know. I don't believe you're this misanthropic. I, I don't know. believe you're this arch. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, I saw a young comic in Dublin recently doing, uh, doing some stuff and, you know, going on about how crap his life is, you know, and, you know, he was trying to play a kind of a loser character, but he was somebody who clearly, 
you know, he's only a young guy, you know, he's clearly articulate. Yeah, yeah totally. You know, you know, he's talking about how he can't hold down a job. You know, yeah. you know, you can. You're just too lazy. And that would be much funnier. Yeah. That would be much funnier for him to come and go, I can hold down a job, but I'm <laughs> just too lazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, but I, I suppose people are trying out different things, you know, before with the crowd before uh, they really get mm. to something that's authentic. Mm. So tell me what you get out of it when you do a good gig what 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 elements of it satisfy you the most um uh, i suppose i get a bit of a kick out of being articulate you know in front of people uh that's, I, a, that's an interesting way to say it Go on, what, what does that mean um i suppose um you, you know using words to and and conveying what i mean the thoughts i've had you know the inner inner stuff yeah but i mean why why would you get a kick out of that in front of an audience I suppose there's a bit of ego involved in it, yeah, okay. you know, in the way of, you know, being on the radio or something like that, you know, sure. and, you know, you know, sounding, sounding like, you know, what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> do you feel you know what you're talking about? Or do you feel you're no, getting away with it? No, it's a total cheat because <laughs> I thought about it before I got up there, you yeah, know, okay. you know, so the crowd think that you haven't, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, that's, I definitely get that out of it. Uh, I, um I suppose that uh, the best gigs, you know, my better gigs will, uh, I'll have, uh, um, uh, I will have had a laugh myself doing mm. them. That's that's quite rewarding. Um, that is something we don't think about nearly enough as comics. I think is the actual enjoyment of doing a gig. Yeah, like the actual in the moment for its own sake. Oh, this is great! It's like being on a roller coaster. Brilliant. Yeah, and I've I've treated them like kind of academic exercises. You know, something that can be gotten right. Yeah, gigs can be, you know, as uh, what is the right way to do this? I'm gig. definitely guilty of that. That's a really interesting observation. Yeah, it's and it's uh, it's you're you're stealing something from yourself and from the audience by doing having that expectation. Yes, um, uh, I've been, uh, yeah, and it's funny, like looking back at your stuff. Uh, I went, I did um, some gigs with Reg D Hunter before and uh he was uh kind enough to uh sit and look at some of my stuff mm-hmm. with me afterwards and it was really clear you know and he was able to kind of point out what bits were alive and what bits were just me doing you know saying what i you know pre-prepared okay were la- you know that were Cle- clever ideas you'd have yeah that I that I, I was trying to impress maybe or something like that I thought this is the yes. right way to do comedy you know uh, so tell me more about that that's fascinating what, what, which bits can you give us an example of a bit of each it was in my it was like you're talking about it was in my face you know where I was excited you know yeah. and you know it, there was a definite sense of you know uh you know, excitement in the room that was on the video. I yes. could see it, you know, uh, and in my performance. Uh, That's a really, that would be a fascinating exercise to try and be honest with yourself, look through your set and go, which bits of these do I just cannot, cannot wait to do because they're alive? Yeah. Alive yeah. and dead, that's a really interesting kind of way to slice the, the setup. Yeah, and be open to possibility. I'm very scripted, actually, and what I have found lately is uh, I've been going down to do um, uh, Up the Creek a little bit in London mm-hmm. and in Greenwich, and uh, I really, <laughs> I'll tell you a story, I really regret uh, what I did that uh, one, one, of, one of the open spot nights I did. Um, uh, there was this... Um, uh, they're doing this competition on a on a Thursday night, I think, where they uh, encourage people to. Um, uh, it's a what's it? It's a competition, but uh, it's a gong show. That's okay, the name, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, new acts are coming on, uh, and uh, they're all doing five minutes. But I had to go up and do ten minutes, and uh, the host. Uh, uh, this was in the middle of it, so in the middle of a set of really new comedians. Yes. Here's this supposedly experienced comedian oh, right, okay. coming on and doing yeah. ten minutes, and that's how you introduced. This is what and, I was. And now a proper one. And now a proper one. But then the host said to the crowd, "He said, if you wouldn't mind, don't heckle her." And they had been encouraging heckling all night of the new acts because oh, it's a wow. gong show. Okay. If you wouldn't mind, don't heckle her because she. Uh, has come over to do it and she's trying out for the club, you yeah. know. But and I went up and I did my set, and I was so I was so annoyed and went fine and I got the uh-huh. gig. But I was so it was such a it was such a missed opportunity I thought because what I should have done the honourable thing to have done would have mm. been to go up and say no, 
you have to treat me the same as all of the other acts. In fact, you have to be worse to me because I'm doing yes, this longer yes, sure. than all these other people. Sure. I was such a coward that I really, <laughs> really annoyed myself that I, I just wanted the gig. You know, I had come yeah. all the way from yeah. Ireland, you know, and I was like, I've played, played the, paid the plane fare and all yeah. this, you know, I wanted to go well. but And it's almost like by saying that, by putting that, that remark in front of your show, they've really reduced the, how alive it is. Absolutely, yeah. yes. It, yeah. That's the alive dead thing. You know, it, if I had if I had had the balls to to say that to the crowd, um, uh, I don't know. I'm, I I, I kind of think the club would have would have kind of gone for it anyway. Sure. If I I'm had sure, done that, yeah. I'm sure they yeah. would have. But uh, um, it would have been a much more exciting proposi- proposition and a much more what stand up is about. I would have respected myself as yes. a comedian a lot more if I yes. if I had done that stuff. So. That's difficult. I remember I've definitely had situations like that where it's almost like the thing is ossified. It's kind of frozen because of the what's what you feel is going on outside of the actual performance. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like I've really got I'm sure I've hamstrung myself on numerous occasions by going, Okay, this really has to be good, so I'll play it safe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Almost that ridiculous yeah. kind of thing rather than going right Every time it's got to be, it's got to be alive. I know, yeah. And I'll yeah. live or die on that basis. Yeah. Rather yeah. than, but then you have to, I guess the industry is sort of designed almost for good or ill. It's sort of such that, you know, when you do a 10 at the comedy store, you've got to do all your best stuff and smash it. Yeah. And I think there are, there are the people, comics, comics are few and far between, I think, who would go, right, this is my 10 at the comedy store. I've got to improvise and make it different and fresh and alive i know yeah yeah that's a really interesting and i think particularly in your work if you look at your bit about um uh, you've got this sort of like feminist related material about the subject of that about the danger of you being kicked out of women i know like, yeah, i think yeah. that's a brilliant brilliant bit it's it's a really clever idea but it also lives on the stage yeah and so how do you synthesize those two things of going i've got the clever stuff that i want to say and I don't mean clever in a negative way. I just mean it's intelligent and, you know, evocative and interesting. Yeah. There's there's one kind of, maybe, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I certainly feel there's there's one uh, magnetic pull saying, improvise, follow the laughs. If something's getting a laugh, do it again. Yeah, you know, those kind of visceral yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the intellectual stuff of, I want to get my point across. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had... Um... I I went on tour with um, Tommy Tiernan, uh, very new, when I was very new, I was only three years doing it uh, and uh, we did a a big tour around Ireland and uh, I was doing 20s before his his show and uh, I had only, I was kind of just on the cusp of, I just abandoned that first seven minutes of material that I had actually. So you were properly in the zone of going, "Ah." Yeah, and... um, uh, but I was um, still too nervous to kind of really try try new stuff, you know, with the kind of I suppose uh, enthusiasm that you need to, you know, mm-hmm. to 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 write often enough. So I ended up trapped in this one twenty minutes that I was doing for uh, a whole, I think, a year uh, almost okay. around Ireland, and uh, I was thoroughly sick of myself and. Um, uh, hated hated my material and uh, but didn't why, why, have the. Why did you hate it? Just because you'd done it too many times, or because you didn't feel it was your best stuff, but you couldn't take risks in those environments? Is that what you mean? I th- I felt I couldn't take risks. Uh, I thought it. Uh, I was fed up of doing it, but also I suppose as a comedian, you always feel like there's something that else that you should be saying, uh, and I suppose that's never truer than when you're new, yes. uh, a new comedian, because yes. you're you're saying what's funny rather than what you maybe believe or mm-hmm. you're getting to having a point of view on the world that mm-hmm. kind of thing uh so th- those combination of factors and then i suppose you have very your aspirations are quite you know uh, uh big and bold mm-hmm. at that stage as well so that combination of things uh i just felt totally trapped behind this 20 minutes of it and felt like the comedy was getting in the way actually of of crack yes at the gate. yes um, God, that's, that's funny. Um, I'm looser now, I think. Than yes. I, I'm, I'm really glad I'm willing to try new stuff sure. on a big stage, you know. Yes, that's quite a hard one, isn't it? If you've come to it, especially if you come to it as an actress, maybe. Yeah. Or that there's, there's some sense that there's a script or a way that it needs to be done. Actually giving yourself permission for it to be loose. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't have that feeling about myself at all. I've I've been a kind of a natural comedian in the way that, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people do. Sure. Um, the playfulness is, and I I love it when I do it, but it doesn't come kind of yeah. naturally to me. <laughs> I'd really like to talk to you about a specific bit that you did, which I've seen on YouTube, which is the It's Not Your Fault. Oh, bit, yeah. Which yeah. I thought was just lovely. Just tell us a bit about what that, what that piece is and the circumstances under which you were doing it. Is I, couldn't, I didn't entirely understand the context of the, I know, the show. Yeah. You um, I was at there's this thing in Dublin where they um, organise um, nights, uh, which are basically speeches, and people come together and give a six or seven minute talk on uh, what they. Uh, Anything they want, I suppose, and I was invited. There's a bit of bit of a theme to them, and um, they're they're very kind of Irish centric, you know. And you know, where are we? Ireland is constantly asking ourselves. We're always asking ourselves, where are we? What we're at a crossroads now, Ireland. What are we going to do about the future? Uh, and um, I went along to one of these nights, uh, and uh, I had uh, a really kind of. It's funny because they're very well-meaning, uh, you know, and sometimes with comedy that can just... If I have to do comedy and try and be well-meaning as well, that can just mm. turn me off completely. Mm. I just can't see the funny in it. Um, and uh, I had I had just come from Australia, actually, uh, and uh, um, I just on a holiday uh, yeah. over there, and uh, I actually find tra- I find travel and th- particularly that journey quite hard, and uh, uh, it takes me a long time to get out of the jet lag that I have when I go away. So uh, I was in found myself in the gallery of modern art in Brisbane. Yes, uh, and which is which is a wonderful. I've been, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, there was a big uh, exhibition at the time, which was Aboriginal anger mm. uh, about how they were um, treated uh, and uh, articulating all through beautiful uh, visual art. Mm. And I thought, what a healthy thing! And it actually, kind of pulled me out of the funk I was in at the time in Australia. I had artistic purpose again. Ah, great! Suddenly, okay. Yeah, you know. Um, but I came back to Dublin, and the next thing I had to do was this talk and. Um, um, I suppose the whole thing kind of combined and uh, I was asked to do, um, uh, uh, you know, what, 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 what do you want to say, Eleanor? Uh, and I had, uh, so I decided to take the idea of therapy and putting mm. Ireland into therapy. Uh, and uh, I do therapy myself. So uh, one of the things that my therapist asked me to do is to uh, um, to imagine that there's a seven year old Eleanor in the room. Yeah. And what would I say to her now? And uh, all of the, uh, you know, would 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 I blame her for, you know, uh, maybe uh, things that happened? And what I say then is uh, I tell her things aren't her fault. So I imagined that that was on a national level uh, in the talk and I got the crowd to um, uh, imagine that there was a seven-year-old Ireland in the room. I, uh, I Then I listed out all of the things that, uh, I, I suppose, uh, some serious, some not so serious, yeah. the things that have happened to Ireland in the past yeah. and I got the crowd to say, it's not your fault. Uh, and uh, yeah, it seemed to kind of catch it's fire. It's such a beautiful and, premise, it's lovely. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it was... And a great opportunity for loads of jokes, as you say, loads of just sort of, it's almost like a list of observations that doesn't feel like a list because the premise is so strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a funny thing because choosing that list was, uh, was, there was a kind of, I put a lot of thought into what things to choose because there are very serious things that kind of happen to Ireland and you don't want people to Mm. think, to drag it into that territory because it's, you know, sexual abuse in the Catholic Church and all mm. those things, you know, and they're not obviously funny things. But uh, I suppose as a group, there's this, I think people suffer traumas as groups together mm. uh, That and we can, that there may be an opportunity to try and heal in that way. Doing a show next month actually on it. Uh, in the Dublin Fringe Festival. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm writing that while oh, I'm great. here Do you, actually. Do you know when and where? And we'll, I'll chuck this one out earlier than I might have so that we can get uh, oh great get yeah. yeah it's in uh, Liberty Hall is the name of the venue uh, okay. and it's actually in the same place that the proclamation uh, of Ireland's independence was printed oh, uh, wow. which is a really historical document okay. uh, and um, it's, uh, it's I'm calling it the National Therapy Project uh, wow uh, great yeah so I bring people in okay. put them on mats on the floor uh, like a, a meditation session and we begin to meditate through our 
collective trauma. That's such a, a lovely idea. Yeah, we're going to do it now next month. So uh, I'm writing the, the script, the meditation script while I'm here. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, so it's fun. Can we, are you happy to talk about your therapy? Yeah, 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 as a, sure, as a, yeah. As a, as a comic a for whom it's a matter of record now to the yeah, digital yeah. podcast and many of my shows. I mean, I, yeah. I go to therapy. I go to uh, Gestalt Psychotherapy. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I yeah. don't really, people say, what does that mean? I honestly don't know. We do similar sort of exercises to what you're talking about. Yeah. But um, I found it incredibly useful. And I wondered, it's interesting, I, I found it very hard to talk about on stage. Only really this festival have I kind of found, you know, you do loads of other peripheral gigs up here at Edinburgh and you don't want to use material that's in your show because you want to say, hey, people at the gig, come to my show, it's I all know, different. Yeah. So I've ended up doing some stuff that I dropped from this show about going to therapy. I've got this story about going to an incredible, a suspiciously cheap therapist. <laughs> and, uh, and it's nice to have come out of it going, oh, actually, now that I'm not trying to force this into my current Edinburgh show... Actually, it's breathing a bit more and there might be something in it. Yeah. But, um, it, I mean, have you talked on stage about doing therapy? I've have written you got jokes material? about it. And written... what, what, talk to us about the experience of that and how that goes down and the challenges of, of doing that material. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've really gotten to the heart of, uh, of articulating because like, there's an observation I have about, about it that um, um, I... Um, like some of the cringy things that I end up saying in therapy. Uh, and they're, they're cringy, but they're also necessary, you know. But like I end up saying things like, um, uh, oh, I met John today. Yeah, we had a conversation uh, and I managed to shut the fuck up for five minutes during it. That's real progress. No, he didn't ask me out, but I did create a space for it to happen. <laughs> you know, this kind of, yeah, okay. uh, you know, and I, I, yeah, I just, I've, uh, I haven't been able to kind of, um, uh, I suppose eke out a story from it, you know, mm. or a point of view uh, that's uh, that uh, uh, the audience uh, that's audience worthy. Um, yet, but um, uh, I definitely feel that it is. It has helped me to kind of get more in the moment of what I'm doing, um, uh, and uh, I suppose talk about talk talk to her about what some of my fears. It's 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 good to have somebody to talk through the the process uh, with as well. Like I talk to her about comedy. Uh, with okay, her. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what sorts of things? What kind of conversations do you have? I suppose it's something that happened, you know, at a gig, uh, um, and uh, you know, stuff that uh, uh, it just might take you a while to kind of get the words out, or what mm. annoyed you about it, or what mm. you were afraid of uh, in the situation. Um, what you what you were worried other people were thinking about you, you know that's that's what ends up coming out of my mouth in there. <laughs> so, does comedy make you more or less happy? More happy, I and think. Are you are you happy in yeah, life? Yeah, I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm. Uh, uh, I'm really. If I didn't have like this kind of really strong purpose to pursue uh, and like I was really unhappy before I did comedy like you know trying to work away in a nine-to-five job you know that was really that I, I it didn't kind of uh, connect or um, it didn't uh, it wasn't fulfilling in the way that I needed something to fulfill me uh, not having that was was really uh, that I, I'm terrified of that now you know and I've what I talked about when I mentioned there about being in Australia, you know, have an artistic purpose has the power to kind of really lift me out of, you know, a, a, you know, a, a, a kind of a, a dark mood if that if that comes upon me, you know, uh, you know, so uh, I feel very lucky to kind of have something that's, that that's, I feel that strongly about. That's brilliant. I'm really pleased for you. I think I, I certainly... It's up to my girlfriend sometimes to remind me how well I'm doing these days now that I feel, you know what I mean? Because I, part of the problems I have is that I always, I always imagine that however I feel in the moment is how I always feel. I know. So if I'm happy, I'm manic. And if I'm depressed, I'm like, God, this is awful. It's always like this. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder for myself, and I wonder if it's, <laughs> it's true for you, whether comedy also, does it create other psychological challenges as well as solving a bunch of them? Oh, uh... Or are you... Or is it all positive? I suppose I probably, uh, I, I do have the sense that I have, you know, kind of missed out a little bit on social life and, you know, kind of missing out on, 
you know, uh, occasion somebody got married while I'm here that I wasn't at the wedding for, you know. Yeah. So uh, I do have an anxiety a little bit that, you know, I, I probably, you know, regret, you know, certain things. But, you know, uh, uh, I I wouldn't swap it. This is a, a weird thing now, but uh, I do find sometimes, I don't even know if it's connected, but I thought of it there a second ago. Um, I do find sometimes uh, being a woman in comedy that um, uh, the whole uh, hormonal thing can get in the way a little bit okay. of funny. That, uh, and I, I, I often don't get... I, um, uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's ever, um, uh, worth mentioning ever or whatever, but, uh, it does, like, I suppose, uh, you would often find that, um, you're just not in the fucking humour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, and, um, but obviously the, de- the demands of the job are such that you don't have a... You can't choose when you have to be funny, uh, so that would uh, that would be some pretty shifty diary work to, uh, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. plan all of that in advance. Yeah, I've had some some uh, uh, days, you know, where I've had to had to, you know, a really big gig will come along, uh, and it's just the wrong day for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, I've not heard anyone say that before, but of course that would, you know, that might be an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Uh, and but actually, it was your thing of just not knowing. When when you because when when that happens you're not you, you can never say oh well, it'll be okay tomorrow it's always awful right now and it's yeah. never going to be better than than it is like you know yeah just just staying on some of the um, I don't want to say negative elements of it but the 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 difficulties that I think a lot of artists a lot of creative people have with believing in their own creativity and those sorts of things and it sounds like largely you're you don't experience those you know if you're if comedy is if you're getting such a buzz out of it because you're like this is fixing my life yeah i mean do you question do you second guess yourself do you write stuff and go this is clearly shit and then it turns out to work absolutely and i feel i i struggle sometimes with it it would be the other way that i i feel sometimes like i'm trying to work out some personal thing and you know that i'm i'm you know using the audience for for that you know that that i'm i'm doing stuff you know trying to work stuff out on stage that is is only for me and you know i shouldn't i shouldn't be burdening the audience with it <laughs> uh, that's where i would uh, um have experienced self doubt Yes, because you're trying to tread a path that says i have to say what i want to say yeah. i have to please myself not them there's presumably then a line where you go you know to what extent Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Because I suppose the, the funny is obviously the the you know the uh, the goal and the the barometer of everything that we're doing. Um, uh, so yeah, you can you can you can have uh, something that's just confessional, uh, mm. but is uh, you know maybe not uh, not funny yet, mm. uh, and you can and, and maybe never will be. You know. So, but yeah, of course, I really self doubt. I have a lot of self doubt around that mm. that stuff. Mm. Do you do you read your own reviews ever? Um, I'm I'm getting uh, braver about it. Um, uh, I would have been very fragile before, but yeah, now I'm getting a bit more, a bit braver about doing it. And what kind of reviews? Like, I, this is <coughs> I've, I've I've had this thought to ask people in the past. You'll be my guinea pig for this one because I've not asked this question before. Sure, might might be feckened, might be interesting. Um, if you were to review yourself, what things would you pick up on? What yeah. things would you standing outside yourself, not seven years old, you now looking in at you now? Yeah. What would you say that needs work? Um, you need to prepare more before you go on stage, Anna. You need to give up this idea that that you you um, uh, you should be um, you know coming up with it all on the spot. You know that I have I have that that fear about it, and actually Wait, sorry, learn the, off. The f- the fear from which direction you feel you should be doing that more or you feel you've got to get over that? I, I feel because I'm a scripted person and then uh, I a, a lot of the brilliant Irish comedians are, are very kind of improvisational. Jason, you know, Tommy, Dara. Uh, I feel that in order to... I, I, I should be kind of looser 
mm-hmm. on stage all the time. So I don't learn. Then I don't end up learning my stuff well enough before I go up there. And, you know, I have this kind of shambolic approach then and, and people uh, and, and it just doesn't feel finished. And uh, if I was coming to me, I would love to say, Eleanor, will you just just write something and learn it before you go up there and uh, and, uh, you know, then improvise, then improvise once you have a structure. But um, I think I've just totally contradicted what I've said earlier on. That's fine. <laughs> We're allowed to contradict ourselves. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that is interesting. What have you have you read a piece of a, a, a piece of criticism about you that has particularly wounded you? And I only ask because I think the stuff that we... I I worry, and this might be highfalutin, it might be nonsense, but I I kind of... My concern is that when I get a bad review or or worst, an average review, (laughs) worse than that, an average review, I suppose (laughs) I I kind of... It affects me emotionally because I think... No, if it affects me emotionally, it's because I worry that those are things I agree with. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like that thing of saying, you know, when you insult someone else, what you are the people you don't like, it's really things about yourself that they're reflecting. Okay. That kind of idea. I'm wondering whether with whether you've read a piece of criticism that has hurt particularly, and whether that is because it reflects some sort of truth or some worry that or maybe not even a true one, but maybe some worry that you have about yourself. Uh, I'm not really actually no if 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 something is true I kind of actually quite like it and it's usually something that I I actually am grateful to the person I I but I do some I think it's to do with um like sometimes uh, I've ha- I've had reviews that have said she she shouldn't be doing comedy <laughs> she she's not you know she's not a comedian you know that there, there are How people do you cope with that well um. Uh, are you like you just try and bolster yourself? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can, I can. You're wrong, you know. Um, um, but um, I suppose part of that is part of not wanting to read reviews is being afraid that other comedians are reading reviews, reading my reviews. Yes, and that's that that's point, part yeah. of the conversations that I'm having with people and. Uh, part of being a comedian, I, I suppose, one of the things I really value about it is being getting to be friends with so many other comedians, and you know, ha- being able to have the conversations with them. So there's a kind of a, a an instinctual kind of like, if other people have read this, maybe they'll decide I shouldn't be. Maybe I will lose that affection or something like that from yeah. other comedians. I think that's very well articulated, Emily. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And that is. Uh, like you might get kicked out of the game. I might get kicked out of the comedy. Be- believe, yeah, oh, no. Oh, no. yeah. Ah, like they would, they would re- listen to a reviewer over. <laughs> it's, that's insane, isn't it? But yeah. it, I suppose that's kind of almost what I'm getting at. Is it? That's what cuts to the heart of the, the. You know, that's the fear. That's probably half the reason why so many comics get so angry about reviews. Is probably there's a, there's a kernel of that in it. Yeah, I think yeah. That's bang on. Well, one of the lovely things about being a comedian is that you know the green rooms is the that we get to kind of. Being yeah. and the you know the 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 you get it like when the audiences see the those like brilliant personalities on stage we get to hang out with them yeah. backstage and the more honest version a yes. more honest relaxed yes. unprepared version of that them wants to talk about their children and what motorway they took yeah <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah 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 but no yeah. absolutely there is a there's a sort of a, a magical feeling to be to having access to the people that we love that you see everyone else love and being one of those yourself but yeah. also it's funny isn't it because you you are you are someone like that you you are someone who people will see go into the dressing room and go oh, i wonder what she's like off stage i wonder what they're you yeah, know, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't necessarily, yeah, yeah. you know, profile is an issue. You know, obviously everyone wants to know what Dara Brian's like. Sure. But at the same time, it's the same experience of going, I wonder what it's like behind there. Yeah. And yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. I think that, that there is an element of reviews where I go, God, what if everyone else believes this? Yeah. What? Everyone else who knows me and has yeah. lived with me and seen me all the time. And, do you know what I mean? I don't, yeah. I don't read anyone else's reviews and go... Oh, I'm going to have to change my opinion of them now. <laughs> no, yeah, of course, yeah. I don't. You Based know. on some twenty-year-old student from you yeah. know whatever. Yeah. But yeah. It, yeah, it does. It's funny that emotional kind of resonance. So listen, we've we've got to wrap up. Thank you for for talking to me. I'm gonna. I've got one final question for you, um, which is, what would your advice be to newer comics? You you and I have been going for roughly the same amount of time, about ten years or so. 
Um, that is, I think, enough time that you could really go, yep, I am definitely a comedian. And I, yeah. I've noticed in the last few years, people sort of approach me and ask me, oh, what, you know, they sort of, and maybe it's to do with the podcast, but I think also separately to that, you end up being, like it or not, a position of authority for people who've only been going two or three years. And part of you is like, bless. And part of you is like, no, that's reasonable. I fucking put the hours in. Yeah. So, so what would be your, your advice to... Uh, to Excuse me. I'm, I'm leaving that noise in because it's hilarious. <laughs> what would be your advice to... Um, what would be your advice to uh, a younger comedian, a newer, a newer comedian? Um, well, I think play the long game. You know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't take gigs for money. Uh, or just for the money, uh, I would um, uh, try and yeah, try and uh, uh, don't don't go for a kind of you know easy laughs either. You know, uh, I would you know really uh, try and uh, yeah think think about being doing it in in whatever ten, fifteen, twenty years time. You know, and what what you're gonna need to need to be happy doing it so thanks to eleanor thanks to my co-producer nathan wood and a special thanks to james jq quinton who's been advising me on what mics to buy and how to use them properly uh, i hope you'll have noticed an increase in sound quality over the last few shows that's largely down to jq teaching me how to use the equipment that he's told me to buy so thanks jq much appreciated tom stayed next week just literally opens his mouth and the wisdom starts pouring out. We got, you know that Gary Delaney moment that we got about halfway through the, the, the interview with him when everyone went, whoa. Tom opens with one of them. It's really superb. Fascinating interview. I'm very pleased with that episode. That's all for now. Uh, thanks, Eleanor, for being on the show. And do check her out on YouTube. Go and see her live uh, as and when you can. And I will speak to you next week with Mr. Tom Stade. Bye for now. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.